Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, James H. Williams here, co-host for the Believe in UCLA football podcast. I'm joined by former UCLA linebacker Josh Woods. He's going to be my co-host, and we're going to jump right into our first episode here. And Josh, man, there's no better place to start than with your former coach, Chip Kelly. Uh, the football coach got a contract extension during the offseason season. Uh, and I'm just kind of curious about your thoughts, the direction of the program uh, under Chip Kelly. I mean, it's well-deserved um, taking the program from what we were in the beginning to what it is now. Um, you definitely see the process and being a part of the process in the beginning sucked because, of course, like mm-hmm. I didn't get the, you know, the the benefits of winning <laughs> and and the success. But me and like the older guys at the time, we we knew pretty much like how the future would look when these young guys grow and develop and where the program would be. But we knew that we were going to be a part of the foundation and the, and the building blocks that we might not get to see, you know, the success, but one day we can kind of be a part of that and say like, because of, you know, the sacrifices and the things that we help the younger guys, they're going to succeed. And we help do that one day. So, um, I mean, Chip came from, from day one and pretty much tore it down to rebuild mm-hmm. it back up. And I think he he deserves that as far as I mean, Chip is one of the, you know, the masterminds of college football of offense. You can't talk about college football without not, you know, mentioning mm-hmm. his name. So um, as long as he wants to be there, I think, you know. You know, we had to ex- ex- extend them. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it was it was kind of interesting. So just again, as someone on the media side of things we were kind of, we're kind of always left wondering like what is going to happen. And we spent a lot of last season just trying to figure out like, is he going to come back? What is he going to do? I think when Jimmy Lake was let go in Washington, people are like, is Chip Kelly going to go to Washington? And he kind of shut some of that down. And then there was the whole thing with the Oregon job opening up. And it was like, is he going to go back home? He says he, yes, I did have a conversation. And then you wonder how much of that is just part of the chess match of like, Hey, I could go. You know, I could go, I could stay, whatever. He ends up staying. And I think by the time his contract ended, I think the biggest thing was like a buyout that was looming and they would owe him money or he would owe them, them, I mean, UCLA, um, owe them money if he did leave early, if they, they let him go early. So by the time they write out when that contract actually ends, the whole coaching chaos and carousel has come and gone already. So it was almost a no brainer at that point, especially because they were coming off of a winning season for them yeah. to kind of lock him in the way that they did. Um, it, we'll talk a little bit more about the transfer portal and, and some of the guys that did come in um, later on, maybe in another episode, because the transfer portal is a whole topic in itself. But when you look at, especially I'm, I'm actually curious for some of your thoughts on when a guy like Chip Kelly comes in and not, well, not a guy like Chip Kelly, not just because of Chip Kelly, but when you have a change, yeah, he's, one of, he's one of one, he's a one of one, right? So no matter who, you know, no matter who comes before him or after him, you can't, there's, you really can't fill those shoes, but the, he, he comes in for Jim Mora after Jim Mora was let go. I know Jim Mora was a guy who brought you into UCLA. Great guy. What is that? 
um, change like for you? And, you know, uh, there, for me, it was just seen, there was, that was the first year I, well, I started covering UCLA chips second year. So I was still kind of trying to catch up with uh, who's who came from where there was people who were coming in. A lot of people left that you probably know, like mm -hmm. what was dealing with that turnover like, and again, cause you, you talk about not only you guys as players that stayed building that foundation, but someone like chip who has to come in and kind of sift through that roster and then determine, okay, well, this is what I have to work with. And I think at one point UCLA was like the second youngest roster. You were a part of like the second youngest roster in the nation that year. Yeah. What was a lot of that transition like for you? Um, I think how you explain it, like um, chess moves, I think mm -hmm. with chip, like he's always steps ahead. So, I mean, for us being there, like we were like you guys in the media kind of like filling it out. Like, you know, this is, we have this now, you know, this mythical figure mm -hmm. in college football of like, this is Chip Kelly. Like, I mean, Oregon, you know, mm -hmm. national going to national championships, winning, you know, pack championships, pack 10, pack 12. Mm -hmm. And um, we didn't know what to expect. We were just excited kind of to, to be there and fill it out. But at the same time, I mean, in, in every coaching change, um, much i mean in the nfl it's a lot different i feel like for when mm. those staffs change because they can you know bring guys in and out at you know whoever they want pretty much they and that have was that it, that choice and that was the thing he was coming like he was coming it, from the exactly NFL, right so that, yeah we weren't get yeah we were not getting oregon chip mm -hmm. kelly i right. feel like more so we were getting nfl mm -hmm. um chip kelly so he was, he, I feel like recruiting was new again to him, especially yeah. you gotta think the last time he had to recruit social mm. media was not a thing. That's these, true. These, these kids are a lot different <laughs> yes. than, and I feel like he, he had to learn that. And he mm. saw that probably within the, I mean, his first time having a recruit of like, Oh, these kids like this social media attention. They mm -hmm. like doing this and that, like, there's a lot of things that might not, you know, interest him besides football. And I think it took him the first few years to kind mm -hmm. of figure that out with, with the kids and like really try to find the kids that they wanted. And I think we saw that last year, finally, of having those kids grow up and bringing in the pieces that fit and back to the whole rebuilding the roster thing. Um, you got to understand with every, every coach and every system, players don't fit every system. Mm -hmm. And as a coach, you need to find the best players for your system. And a lot of that was, you know, guys come in and out. If you weren't able to adjust and adapt to the system, much like in life, if you can't, you know, can't adapt, you're going to get passed up. So guys couldn't adapt to the system or like that style or wanted to play in a different style. And I mean, they left. There's talent. There's guys that were, you know, NFL yeah. players that that left because they, you know, if the system wasn't fitting them or they didn't fit, you know the and, culture they wanted to leave and vice versa the coaches that are recruiting are going to bring in who they think can fill those roles so in a situation like that is i mean really competitive and we were thin but still like you had guys that you know walk-ons that got opportunities to play that in mm -hmm. in a full system in a you know you know, other power five schools, walk-ons weren't getting, you know, it's hard to be a walk-on in any, in any school, especially a, you know, power five where, I mean, you're just happy to be there as a walk-on. Yeah. And we had walk-ons like practically starting and doing pivotal roles 
which I mean, like, like I said, again, as an older guy, like, you're just like, man, like this, this <laughs> right. it's frustrating. Like you're happy for the kid, but it's yeah. frustrating because you want to, you know, compete and, you know, all that have guys with experience around you, but it's like, dang, now I'm the experience and I'm trying to help guys, yeah. that, you know, or trying to just figure it out. Sometimes it's not exactly what you signed up for, right? Exactly. I mean, think the when you signed up, when you're getting recruited, you know, you're getting recruited to play for Jim Moore. Again, you you end up playing for Chip Kelly and um, things worked out pretty well for you during your college career, at least as far as from what I was able to see. But, you know, you mentioned walk-ons and, and I'm not going to mention their names yet, but we had a couple of those walk-ons you talked about actually move on to do some good things and get their name called earlier this week. So we'll, we'll mention that a little bit later in this show, but yeah, I, I just, I've always was just kind of curious, like as just someone who was learning about the whole process to kind of see how things were on your guys's end for, for stuff like that. But um, we won't touch too much on this, but for me, I think it took a lot of patience for the university um, with the program. And obviously you had a, um, an athletic director change in between. And that was a lot of what happened with this contract extension for Chip Kelly was uh, Dan Guerrero was the AD at the time. And he that one of his last hires, I think, along with um, or at least the big ones, you know, uh, on the mainstream level was for Dan Guerrero. His biggest hires were Chip Kelly in the football program. And uh, I think Mick Cronin was like his final months with the basketball program. Like he hires Mick Cronin on his way out and that's paid off for them. The basketball team has made it to the final four um, last year. And then they kind of made the tournament, made a little run this year. But um, yeah, so Dan Grell left some good pieces there. And it was just a matter of when Martin Jarman comes in as the new AD, um, his first uh, year is the pandemic year and working with Chip and I think that helped build their relationship because they had to work so close. And from that, they, they had to figure things out. And I think them being able to work as closely as they did, I think played a big role. Um, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I can only imagine had to play a big role in how this contract extension came about because you talk about Martin Jarman, is he going to go out and is he going to find a new guy? Is he going to bring his guy in? to make this program what it's going to be, or is he going to stick with Chip Kelly? Again, I think it works out uh, just considering the pedigree that Chip Kelly is in terms of, of coaching and, and in the college football world. But um, you know, they're coming, they were coming off a winning season, the first winning season with Chip Kelly. And I think yeah. again, it was a no brainer to kind of get that contract extension done. Um, but again, I also, I also think about the pairing of uh, <laughs> you talk about guys who are coming in and, and trying to figure things out. It's uh, DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson, the quarterback, coming back. He's in his fifth year now, and he started with Chip Kelly. And they kind of came in together, and that's been his starter. I think maybe he didn't start the first few games his freshman year, but really, you know, he was starting by the, by the end of the freshman year. He was starting. So he's been the guy, and people have, you know, people are on different sides of the fence on, on DTR as their quarterback at UCLA, but you know, he's got the job done. And if anything, he got him that USC win, um, you know, the hurdle that was heard around the world, signing the kid, the, the USC fans jersey after the touchdown. So, you know, he's done a lot of good. And obviously, you know, he's kind of had to grow and mature along the way. And again, I think the biggest thing so far and, and when it, you kind of look back and are able to describe your era and that time period where you were there a lot of that was just patience, right? And wondering yeah. what it was going to be. And I think you and your 
your teammates, I think the thing you guys should pride yourself on considering uh, how things are looking now for UCLA is, is being proud of yourself um, for kind of laying that foundation and, and setting that, that tone for, for what this UCLA program is now with Chip Kelly, but also, you know, for a lot of those younger guys that you helped bring up along the way, um, a Kaz Allen, a DTR, you know, a lot of, a lot of other different guys. So, um, yeah, man, any just kind of final thoughts on maybe looking back at Chip Kelly, we're going to talk about the NFL draft here in a little bit, but just anything that stands out to you, or maybe what are some things you're looking forward to, or you want to maybe see more of here in this upcoming year for Chip Kelly, DTR and the Bruins. I think it's real interesting how even though Chip got this extension, this team this year is going to be a brand new team. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about the the turnover that happened on yes. defense and mm -hmm. thinking about like last year, how old that defense was as far mm -hmm. as guys being, you know, transfers and fourth year, fifth year guys on the defense. It's almost like another rebuilding process yeah. where you have all new brand, brand new coaches and staff. Mm-hmm along with more transfers. And, and I mean, there's a few guys that, that are still, you know, coming back to the Bo mm -hmm. Calverts and leaders like a, a Shea Pitts, you know, like Shea guys, Pitts, yeah. guys like that are still around. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how all that pans out. I mean, I think that UCLA is still on an upward track, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's, it's just guys are going to have to step up and pretty much, you know, take, take over and take ownership you know, of guys that dropped off and I mean, that's just the, that's the, that's the hardest thing about college. I feel like mm -hmm. is losing guys and bringing in guys that are going to, you know, carry the torch. You feel me? And, and it yeah. continues on. No, like that's the, that's the crazy thing. Like year after year, I've, you know, I covered UCLA for like three or four years and I'm just like, man, is this, is this defense or is this team going to be like last year's team or like, they had Josh Woods, KLS, and, you know, exactly. Kenny last year. And, and those guys were there for a while. And now it's but like. I, but I remember when, when I first got there, it was, I would, I came in the year after Eric Kendricks left. Okay. So you got to mm -hmm. think like. Yeah, how are you oh, going to replace like, that? Yeah. How are you going to, how are you going to replace <laughs> Eric Kendricks? And then like, it was, we still have Miles Jack and then mm -hmm. Miles gets hurt. And it's like, oh, we well, got Kenny Young. And then it's like, oh, who's Jayon Brown? And then mm -hmm. it's like, then, you know, it just it's kept just going to yeah. where. To where at one point you're gonna be the guy of like who is this guy? It's like I remember when when I got my first start and they're like, who like who's this kid? Yeah, like, who's right. gonna be? And then, and then, it, and then it comes to the my end of my time, and it's like, dang, what are we gonna do now without the losers <laughs> of Josh Woods and Chris Barnes? Yeah, and then Chris Barnes, then, yeah. How'd I forget Chris Barnes? Yeah, and then the next year you have, you know, you have these guys come in, like Caleb uh Johnson mm -hmm. and and other guys come in and step up, and it's yeah. like that's pretty much how college football works. Like you're gonna have that turnover every few years of of who is this guy? Oh, now we put all our trust in this guy. And then now he leaves and it's just a process. And I know that's definitely, that's definitely like the, the process and just like that's college football for you. And for me, that was something I had to learn along the way, but yeah, man, it, it was, it's just pretty interesting. And again, you talk about like the turnover on this roster. I think, again, you mentioned a, a new defensive coaching staff coming in. And so, you know, it's not like there was a change at the head coach. We already talked about that, but it was interesting to see that there was enough turnover. I mean, there was still quite a bit of turnover on the defensive coaching staff that led to a lot of defensive guys kind of moving out. Right. And again, we'll talk about some of that later and some of the guys that are going to have to maybe step in and fill those shoes, but you know, we're starting to see some of that, but then, you know, we're going to transition here into the NFL draft. And in doing so, I remember the last year or two, I'm thinking about again, a Chris Barnes two years ago, I'm thinking about, um, 
last year when you had Osa Ojigizua and and some of those guys. And like, you know, the NFL draft list or prospects coming out of UCLA was always kind of small under Chip Kelly. Again, you're still rebuilding. You're trying to, you know, just trying to get eyeballs on UCLA and stuff and get some guys into the on, you know, undrafted free agent rosters and stuff like that. And it was so different this year. So I'm going to rattle off some of the names that were called in the NFL draft. Um, mention where they were drafted, and then we'll just go from there. I'll throw some names at you individually because you played with some of these guys or watched some of these guys come in while you were still there in uniform. So, yeah, just going over the 2022 UCLA players that were drafted over the weekend. In the third round with the 80th overall pick, you had tight end Greg Dolchage. He gets picked – he not get picked up, but he gets drafted by the Denver Broncos. You have the 92nd overall pick in the – Third round as well, Sean Ryan goes to the Green Bay Packers. He's going to be joining Chris Barnes and um, Kenny Clark and, and some, some other former UCLA guys up there in Green Bay. And then you have Otito Obonia, who's going to stay close to, well, he's not from California, but his new home here in L.A., he's going to be hanging out with the Chargers and, and uh, learning from, from guys like Joey Bosa and all that, right? So um, he was uh, the 160th overall pick. He was taken in the fifth round another fifth rounder from ucla with the 163rd pick so only a few picks later receiver kyle phillips is headed to the tennessee titans and then uh, a guy you're pretty familiar with uh, quentin lake the safety he was a sixth round pick uh, number 211 overall he's also going to be staying in la this is a true socal guy through and through right he's going yeah. to the he's going to the la rams uh, played at modern day, went to UCLA. So diff- definitely an LA guy. And, and he's never going to have a change of scenery at this point. Right. And then just to round things out, you have Britton Brown, the running back getting drafted by the Las Vegas Raiders. The draft was held in Las Vegas. And uh, he was the 250th pick in the seventh round. Uh, just real quick off the top of my head. That is the third UCLA running back drafted. UCLA has had a running back drafted in each of the last three drafts yes. um, with um, why well, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on Josh Kelly uh, or Joshua Kelly um, two years ago. Last year, you had Demetrius Felton, who went to the Browns. Um, Kelly went to the Chargers. And then now this year, Britton Brown uh, gets in there and is going to the Raiders. So you mentioned walk-ons, um, you know, uh, undrafted free agent was Ethan Fernia, who I'm sure you're familiar with. He went to the Colts, if I'm not mistaken. And then Greg, Big Greg, the tight end, um, started off as a walk-on, went to St. Francis High School. So, like, I think he's, like, three miles away from the Rose Bowl um, from where his high school was at. Just tell me a little bit about those two guys, Ethan Fernia and and Big Greg, and, and just tell me what you remember about them when they were kind of getting started at UCLA. I mean, I'll start with Fern because mm-hmm. he – Fern's a dude, right? <laughs> a dog, like a worker, or mm-hmm. like a you know, he's gonna give his all out there every time. I'm so proud of him. Just, I mean, like I said, overcoming being in a walk-on to you mm-hmm. know, being so integrated to to UCLA football, especially like he's a specialist. He's a Swiss Army knife. Mm-hmm. You know, he can do anything on the Big Four. Um, and you know, like from day from day one, really, he as a walk-on freshman, he was already starting on special teams. Oh, well, um, okay. And this was still this is still the more days. I think he was like a sixth year guy, yeah, right? Yeah, he was he, like he was years. like he was like the last class that went to San Bernardino. So like he's been yeah, he's been right, UCLA for right. a while. And yeah, um, 
yeah just a, i mean just a great guy great leader great energy so mm-hmm. um i think as long as he gets the opportunity he's mm-hmm. gonna i mean he's gonna show out he's Especially gonna find that, a way that, that's a guy that you just i'm telling you like you want on any special teams any mm-hmm. role you need him to feel like he's the athlete and he plays hard so he can do anything i'm really proud of him um greg those are talking about a guy that came in as a walk-on receiver yeah right and <laughs> they move him to tight end and he it's like a whole new world for him he's i mean he was still so like skinny i was gonna he say was the, he yeah he was yeah I'm, I'm saying like him having he had to learn how to block he had to put mm-hmm. on a, a lot of weight and it ultimately benefited him because he's literally uh, a cheat code when it comes to having a tight end that mm-hmm. athletic i mean i saw it first with caleb wilson as far as having somebody so athletic and putting him at tight end that he's pretty much also like a, another receiver where when you isolate him on a linebacker or somebody you know especially a lot of other teams not mm-hmm. all linebackers can cover like that like that's you know not a thing like that so you're able to have a mismatch and if you want to put a safety on them they're gonna you know body them and greg is has stepped into that role and just i mean trusted the process i mean with shipping i mean shout mm-hmm. out coach sage I mean, even yep. though now he's now going to Nevada, OC, yeah. OC at Nevada, shout mm-hmm. out Coach Sage for this uh, development of that tight end room because tight ends and running backs, the two positions yeah. that that under chip have thrived and sent guys to the league. I mean, mm-hmm. going to running backs, yep. you're saying three guys in a row. Mm-hmm. I joke every time I see something about the running backs, I tell Coach Foster, like, you really made this RBU because when I first came in, it was we were a linebacker school as far as sending linebackers. Yeah every year and we have turned into uh i mean rbu yeah and it's that i mean coach foster is arguably the best running back coach to me in the country and i mean you see it in the development and the people that come in and how they leave um you just see their progress and how he's developed them and showed them and you see it in the way that they play and then it carries over into like i said the nfl and I'm going to mention real quick, I think Foster probably deserves a raise. If it wasn't just off the first two running backs, I think just adding another one, I think should say a lot. And I think Charbonnet is definitely going to be the next UCLA guy who's going to get drafted for sure. And I think could have went 100%. high in this last draft too. Um, real quick, they didn't have a tight end drafted out of UCLA last year, but that's only because Greg came back. But each of the three starting tight ends that have been there for Chip Kelly have all been drafted as well, um, I think. Uh, yeah, Caleb. Caleb Wilson, Caleb, yeah. okay, and, he was, yeah, Caleb I mean, was even that's right. Jordan, Jordan Wilson got picked up as an undrafted free agent to mm-hmm. the Bengals, I believe, and that's another yeah. tight end that was developed um, in UCLA tight end room. So yeah, so good stuff on the tight ends. Real quick, we're running out of time here, but um, tell me a little bit about Quentin Lake and Kyle Phillips and Otito. If you just have anything real quick on them, you could spend a little bit more time on on Quentin Lake because I know he's on your side of the ball. So go ahead. Quinn Lake. It's funny because I the first time I met him was at UCLA Pro Day. He was still a little a little modern day baby, just coming around mm-hmm. with his with his dad yeah. um, to check out people. And who's a UCLA legend in his own right? It, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I remember meeting him, and that was one of the things he'll always tell me. He's like, "You're one of the first UCLA like current players that I met." And since then, he's always been like a little bro to me. So proud of him and his development. How he just like again he stuck it out um, mm-hmm. and really came in his own learned from the older guys and then took it over completely. And he's one of the smartest um, defensive players I've played with. And unfortunately my last year he got hurt mm-hmm. and I feel you could feel the drop off as far as having somebody that smart um, behind you when he's not mm-hmm. there, it makes a difference. So um, I told him he's one of the biggest sleepers of the draft and 
I'm excited to see what he does with, I mean, with such a great team that he gets yeah. to go into. To oh, get yeah. a player Coming like him Super Bowl, is, yeah. is really mm-hmm. unfair. Um, <laughs> especially on that defense, adding Bobby right. Wagner, another, I mean, mm-hmm. Inland Empire guy. Yeah, um, another IE guy. Otito is funny because when he came from Texas, he hated California. Really? Okay. He, like, everything, every every time we, we sat, <laughs> sat down, and, like, majority of the starting conversations with me and Tito would be how much that he hates, like, California, and he thinks that Texas is better, and Texas people are better. <laughs> and it's ironic that he now has to stay. <laughs> he has to stay, yeah. In California. And I, I, I mean, I saw it start growing on him, so mm. that's great. But another kid that's really smart, I remember all the plans and things that he wants to do outside of football. I mean, I think one day he will achieve that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and could be in the Olympics if he wanted to, and yeah. maybe he will one day. I mean, and that's going to be great for him to develop between Khalil Mack and um, Joey Bosa. Real quick and on then, Kyle Phillips, yeah. And then Kyle Phillips, another steal. I mean, he's exactly mm-hmm. what the Titans need. A guy that can, in the slot, is really hard to guard. But he also, he plays so hard, and he'll block. Like, he'll do all the it, things it, that yes. a lot of receivers yes. are scared to do. Kyle mm-hmm. Phillips will step up and do so. I'm excited to see what all these guys do because I feel like they've all been my like little bros and I've seen them really develop, you know, from babies to now men. And I mean, that's that's what, what development is doing. So shout out, I mean, Chip, this was Chip's first real class mm-hmm. of guys, really. Um, so shout out to his development and just making, I mean, boys and men. It's great to see. Josh, man, thank you so much for your insight on that. Like, like you said, they're pretty much like little brothers to you. I remember watching a lot of these guys. Kyle Phillips was like one of the first interviews that I did when I got to UCLA and wrote a story about in 2019, I believe it was. So I'm very excited to see the progression these guys continue to take in their football career and now even more so at the NFL level. Uh, and so with that being said, we just want to thank you guys so much for listening to the first episode of Believe in UCLA Football Podcast. Going to have a lot of great stuff coming up for you guys. They just finished up spring camp. We will be diving into some of that with some of our thoughts, breaking down some of the new guys that are coming in and trying to fill in for some of these guys that went to the NFL and uh, so much more. So stay tuned. Um, a lot of great stuff ahead. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.